This is a test. This station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcasting system. This is only a test. Of all these opinions, this is the one that continues to blindside me, dumbfound me, gobsmack me, thunderstruck Just me. blasphemy. Absolute blasphemy. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? Calm. What's the procedure? Stay calm! This is the Overreaction Podcast. I am Chase. With me, as always, my man, Cody. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic, man. It's less than 24 hours away from when we are going to be seeing the NFL draft kick off, and we are going to do one more mock draft based on an NFL mock draft for y'all today. And we brought back all the Destination Debbie crew to do it with us. We've got all of the guys in here Ray, Jay Rich, Brandon. Scott Connor, Fantasy Jeans, McNutted, Barry. I mean, we've got all of the crew here. We are doing a 12-team Destination Devi content creator crew mock draft based off of Dane Brugler's mock draft, seven-round mock draft, and we're going to give all of the landing spots to you right now. Absolutely, man. So, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, the NFL draft kicking off here tomorrow, so Thursday. Uh cannot wait you know we're gonna have full draft coverage on destination Devi's youtube so make sure you check that out where uh, i think ray is going to be leading the gang you're gonna have tons of, of different guests thursday friday and i believe even saturday so i uh, got to check that out so it'll be a fun uh, fun draft coverage for for that and you just can't beat some of the the, the comedy that happens so uh yeah man gonna be a fun time for sure and uh let's get this thing rolling Oh yeah, man. Uh, just just before we get into this one, like if you have not seen the video of last <laughs> year's recap of all of the like comedic things put together, and like it's a, it's a seriously like seven minute video of all of the comedic things that happened during like the last five hours that we they went live from last year. I mean, you've got you've got McNutted dancing up and just doing pelvic thrusts all across the screen and just being a beautiful, majestic human being whenever that AJ Brown trade happened. Like that is one of the best moments of my draft experience is just watching that and being part of it, even in chat last year. And you know, ho- hopefully we could, we could be a part of it in in the next phase of this year. And it, it was absolutely fantastic. Hope you all can tap in again this year. I for sure will be, will be a part of it. So yeah, let's, let's get off into this draft. And uh, we have Jay Rich kicking off with a one-on-one pick. Yeah. So Jay Rich ended up going with, uh, with Anthony Richardson one Oh one. And that might surprise some people, but I'm going to give you some quick context here. So we have Bryce young going to the Carolina Panthers with the first overall pick CJ Stroud, number two to Houston, Anthony Richardson, number four to Indianapolis, Will Levis, number 11 to Tennessee. Then we have the running backs that matter right now are B. John Robinson going 16 to the commanders. Jameer Gibbs going 34 to the Arizona Cardinals and then JSN going pick 20 to the Seattle Seahawks. So of those, it's been a a big talking point with with the Indianapolis Colts being, you know, uh, a sweet spot for a quarterback to land with with Steichen coming in. That would be an absolute beaut of a landing spot for another mobile quarterback, you know, Anthony Richardson, 
mold of a Jalen Hurts. You can just paint the picture where that is just the best possible outcome for Anthony Richardson. So uh, zero issues with that happening, you know, 101. And then as we mentioned as well, Bijan going to the commanders might sour some people a little bit. Yeah, I mean, what do you what do you think the actual workload is between him, uh, Brian Robinson, and Antonio Gibson? It's it's a lot of malice to feed. Now you think that probably Antonio Gibson might get shoved out of this offense, and 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 Brian Robinson is going to take a less workload than he did last year, just because if you were actually making that pick and investing in that pick as a first round draft pick you're not going to give those guys the same like kind of 50-50 workload that they were playing at last year like you were going to give Bijan a significant workload. I don't fully understand this pick to be fully honest, but with how it lands right here like hey, we we don't know what these teams are thinking. And so we have to be we have to be aware of every single scenario. And so we see him go off here at the 3 or at the 103 to Scott Connor and we actually have two quarterbacks go off in front of him. It's Jay Rich is taking Anthony Richardson at the 101 and then Brandon is taking or BG Dashi is taking Bryce Young at the 102. So we actually have two quarterbacks go off before Brian Robinson just because of the landing spot. Do you think this is actually fair? to do this before the landing or just because of the landing spot do you think this is more of the quarterback position as a whole i mean when it comes right down to it anthony richardson is my qb1 uh, we've talked about this this is this is our qb1 as well when it comes to the the absolute uh, upside of what anthony richardson could be and the floor that he brings to the table as well like that running floor alone will put him in you know pretty darn close to to Justin Fields territory if you really think about it like Justin Fields was absolutely awful as a passer last year but his legs got him to to being you know fantasy relevant and to being a top 10 top five quarterback at times but and that's what Anthony Richardson can be so if uh if he's a bad passer and he can run great and then you have a head coach who can develop him into becoming that that uh, Jalen Hurts type guy. I'd be really, really excited with that landing spot. You mentioned Bryce Young at number two to the Carolina Panthers. He seems like the safest quarterback of all of them. Um, accurate, has the the pocket presence, questions on the size, but hey, he did it in the SEC. He was playing behind that Alabama offensive line. He played against SEC competition, and he was able to succeed at that level. I don't think it's going to be like, oh my gosh, Bryce Young, he's too small now that he's in the NFL. Like, I don't see that being a, a massive issue. It's still a concern, but uh, the upside isn't necessarily there where he's going to be a 600-yard uh, rusher on the ground. I don't see that kind of stuff happening for Bryce Young. So uh, accurate passer, maybe not the greatest arm in this class, but he definitely does have the arm talent to to be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft tomorrow. Yeah, and then and then Bijan being the three off the board, I know that's probably going to surprise a lot of people who aren't, you know, destination Debbie tapped in. I think that's been pretty. At least the one hundred and two has been pretty pushed around here in this uh, in these waters. So, can can you just talk a little bit to why the Bijan Robinson would actually be able to fall the one hundred and three? I mean, I'll, I'll give a little bit of my opinion on it before, just because. You're playing to the format, right? You're playing to Superflex format, and you're drafting Bijan Robinson at the peak of his dynasty value. We've seen the, we've seen the, 
deflation of the running back position over the last year and a half, especially here. And what what more he's what more in value is he going to gain unless he goes out there for like two thousand yards and twenty touchdowns? I just don't know that Bijan Robinson is going to elevate from where he's currently at. Yeah, it's gonna take pretty darn close to a Saquon Barkley rookie season for him to not just maintain his value, but to increase his value. So that's why there's been so many talks of trading the 101 right now. And if you have the opportunity, depending on when your draft is, that's still something you should explore unless your team is is ready for Bijan Robinson or a Bijan away. If you haven't listened to uh, to the Scott Connor uh, Destination Dynasty episode where they break down, I believe it was him and Mike, or sorry, him and Adam, that break down the 101 trades, and then you went in there and talked about um, – some of the the trades of you know looking at the later tiers that we'll get into as well that was a great episode to kind of listen into and see what kind of 101 pivots are available because Bijan Robinson could go 101 for for your rookie draft but he's also you, you know someone that he lands in Washington where there's multiple mouths to feed workload may not be there he's going to have to be uber efficient uh with all of his touches in order to be successful I should say uh you know RB1 material in the grand scheme of things. And I think that's like the big picture is he is already peaked, right? Yeah. You're literally, you're probably never gaining value on where Bijan Robinson is being currently valued. And that that's, that's the whole thing of, if you are not contending right now, why do you want to depreciate any asset on your roster? So, uh, we have him here at the 103. I know that's going to cause a ruckus about <laughs> the community if anybody else were to see this, but he is here at the 103 with this mock. After that, we do have fantasy genes of off the line going CJ Stroud and then Mike McNutted going Will Levis at the 105, rounding out the top four quarterback positions. Yeah, and it makes a lot of sense. CJ Stroud went to the Texans with number two overall pick. Will Levis went to the Titans at uh, pick 11. Again, super flex position at this point. You're just taking your shot on the quarterback you believe in the most. Um, still the most valuable asset that you can find in, 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 in super flex. So take what you can and, and run with it. They're both top you know, 11 picks, essentially. Uh, not that big of a deal. I know people are going to hate the Tennessee landing spot. People already hate Will Levis. You know, to each his own. We'll see how the the process plays out. You see all over social media right now that Will Levis is the next Zach Wilson. Uh, love to see it. So if you can go out there and get yourself a, a super flex quarterback on the cheap, go go right on ahead and do it. But uh, yeah, I, I love those picks. There makes a lot of sense. And then uh, after that, we have pick six, seven, and eight, and we have JSN coming off the board there. As we mentioned earlier, JSN went pick twenty to the Seattle Seahawks. Jameer Gibbs, I ended up taking at a one seven. He went to pick 34 to the Arizona Cardinals. And then we have a surprise pick eight with Zach Charbonnet going to pick 60 second round pick to the Cincinnati Bengals. So uh, Barry took JSN makes a lot of sense there. I, top wide receiver in the class. And I don't think there's really much of a question about it. And then he goes to a situation where, you know, he can basically take over for Tyler Lockett, uh, no problem essentially and in in tyler lockett's meantime he should be able to still thrive and get on the field yeah i think the only question that you have about jsn is like what's his year one value like that's the only really question that you have about actually taking but the 106 because you do probably have him still lined up behind dk metcalf and tyler lockett just because the quarterback geno smith still has rapport with those two and can 
JSN take over a role within that offense in year one. I think he can, but you're, I think you're really more looking for a year out at that point. Uh, I think you're looking for the true replacement of that Tyler Lockett role. So I, I still do agree that it is a 106 pick, but it's this landing spot isn't as much of a difference maker compared to the two running backs that we're going to talk about right here, which is Jameer Gibbs and Zach Charbonnet. And I know that you struggled with this one for a good bit. We were, we were actually talking about this one while we were on the clock, and it's Jameer Gibbs in the Arizona Cardinals system or Zach Charbonnet in the Cincinnati Bengals, both in the second round. One's a very top end of the second round to the Arizona Cardinals and one's the back end of the Cincinnati Bengals. So I actually lean here, even though I do like Charbonnet, I think the draft capital with being a 34th overall pick does lean me to Jameer Gibbs. What is the reason that you pick Jameer Gibbs here or what would be the reason that you could take Zach Charbonnet? Uh, for me, the simple thing with Charbonnet was the Bengals offense, the way it's set up, it sounds like they want mixing out of the building at his current cost. And if you're able to take a guy that essentially is a, uh, I don't say a one for one replacement, but similar build, similar skill set can step right in and take over. That's your guy. And so that was my debate. The issue is, is Joe Mixon is still on the team and I had to operate under the assumption that that was still going to be there. Um, Jameer Gibbs, my hesitation with it was, is that Cardinals offense is not going to be good this year. Uh, Kyler Murray's going to have his, his ACL recovery still to go through. Who knows how much he plays this upcoming season, if at all. Uh, that is a possibility we'll touch on as this offseason goes on. But that's a mystery. You still have James Conner there. This does seem like it would be a good role for Jameer Gibbs to step into as, you know, Chase Edmonds, this, you know, the, the 40% back, the Tony Pollard type back. The problem is you have to be uber efficient in that role. And that offense will not be that. Um, <laughs> I don't know if, if he's able to get a bunch of targets out of the backfield, that might be enticing. It's just a big mystery for me with the Cardinals. And so that was my hesitation more on Gibbs. Um, and then of course, loving the, the bigger body back with, uh, with Charbonnet, that was kind of the the pull at my my heartstrings there. But in the end, took Jameer Gibbs, community sent, sentiment, all those types of things. Is like, all right, it's got to be Jameer. Draft capitals there. Yep. And as we get to this point, this is where we do need to figure in what is the type of format that we are playing, right? This is obviously going to be a super flex. We're starting off with the four quarterbacks and Bijan. However, we do need to start bringing up what is the tight end premium? What is the format in terms of super flex or best ball? What is the number of starters that we're playing with? And so what was the one that we were playing here? I believe it was a start 12 best ball tight end premium of 1.75 total tight end premium points. That is correct. So, uh, so yeah, tight ends are going to matter. So now that we've gotten through, you know, the top seven picks, essentially top eight with with Charbonnet, uh, want to touch on some of the other players that went off the board. Again, we will post this uh, this mock or the picture of the board so you can kind of check it out um, on Twitter. So be be sure to check it out there. But we do have in the first round Zay Flowers going to Baltimore at pick twenty two, Jordan Addison pick twenty five to the Giants, Quentin Johnston falling out of the first round going to the Houston Texans at pick 33 in the second. Then we do have some tight ends that we need to mention. Dalton Kincaid went pick 21 to the L.A. Chargers. And then not far behind him, Michael Mayer 
another good landing spot going to the Dallas Cowboys at pick 26 uh, in the first round. The other tight ends, we have a, a few in the second just to kind of touch on Luke Musgrave to the Packers at 45, Darnell Washington to the Lions at 48, and then Tucker Craft pick 56 to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So with where we're at here, it's pretty much that that in between, right? We talk about a tier break all the time. Uh, for, for us, it's the 106, 107 that's been pretty consistent throughout with the draft capital that we see in this draft here. That pretty much stands pat. I think maybe we'd squeeze, you know, 108 with Charbonnet in here. I think we could both make the de- the debate for having him in that group. How how comfortable are you with the next few picks here um, as we start looking at this board? Yeah, obviously, I'm going to be a lot more comfortable with the Charbonnet pick. Um, I, I'm one of the people who has Gibbs much more close to Charbonnet in terms of rankings or even Charbonnet over Gibbs in certain formats. And then the gap between those two and Bijan much larger than what most people have of the gap between Bijan and Gibbs not being that much of a gap. And then the gap between Gibbs and the rest very large. So I don't have much of a tier gap between the 107 and the 108 here as Gibbs goes off the 107 to you and then Sharpney goes off to Jeff at the 108. The interesting thing that I think we see here is the wide receiver position, and that is Addison to Jordan Backes. I got save Flowers at the 110, and then uh, ATM uh, Adam got Quentin Johnston at the 111. Those three are the ones that, and even Charbonnet in between those, I don't see much of a separation. So that is probably the range that I'm, I would be willing to very easily trade between because truthfully as much as i love charbonnet i mean you tell me i'm getting charbonnet or quentin johnston i'm not really getting totally excited one way or the other so if if this draft were to play out this way i don't think i'd i don't think i'd be opposed at all to be trading down from my 108 to a 111 plus yeah, I don't mind that either. Um, I, I do like the landing spot a lot, and I do like Charbonnet. You know, uh, the the prospect. I think you and I, you you a lot more, you know, closer to Gibbs than than most. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't mind it at all. And, and with the way these landing spots ended up, that's kind of where we have another. Like, there's a I'd say maybe the one twelve two one here, and then we have another big gap. Um, and it's a, so this is a small tier. I'd be happy to move in between. So if I can get Jordan Addison going to the Giants, as you mentioned at, at pick nine. Uh, I totally fine with that. I like Zay Flowers a lot. I think him landing in Baltimore, we'll see what that offense looks like. Again, it's not the same Baltimore offense of years past. Everyone keeps bringing up, oh, Baltimore is a, they don't like to pass the ball to, to the number two wide receiver. It's like, we don't know really what that offense is going to look like this year. Um, we, we talk about what Georgia has done. We've seen what uh, Munkin has done in Tampa. And, you know, they've they've had multiple receivers do really, really well. So uh, we'll see how they decide to use them. It sounds like Baltimore does want to draft another uh, wide receivers despite bringing in OBJ and then having Bateman back. Uh, they do want to add, it appears to be a first round wide receiver and in this draft they do. So Zay Flowers would be a good fit in my opinion, um, but I do like having Addison over him going to the Giants. And then same thing with Quentin Johnson going to the Texans, get a rookie quarterback paired up with him. That's fine. So, Wrapping up the first round and going into the second, we'll just kind of finish it off. Ray GQ in the 12 hole ended up taking the Dallas Cowboy. Couldn't pass him up. Uh, Michael Mayer ended up going off pick 12. And again, he going in the first round, he is tied in one. 
I know people are going to talk about the the other Raz freaks that are in this class. Let's not act like Michael Mayer is unathletic, okay? Uh, he, he's still very much an athletic tight end, just not as freakish as some of these guys in this class. So love the pick, hands down our tight end one, and you have Dalton Kincaid going off to Jay Rich at the 2-1, and he landed uh, in, in L.A. going to the Chargers to potentially replace Gerald Everett. Yeah, so I think we had actually this exact difference in our back and forth mock that you can check out on the fantasy draft room. We did a full back and forth mock of four rounds throughout this entire draft using this exact same draft capital. So you can see the difference between 12 random people or 12 destination Devi people doing this exact mock draft. And then you can see us back and forth doing the same mock draft. And I think this is where we actually had a difference was I took Michael Mayer over Dalton Kincaid on you. Um, I don't know, like what, what is your, what, what is your difference between the Cowboys system and the charger system? Would you actually have Kincaid over Michael Mayer in the charger system compared to the Cowboys system with Michael Mayer? You know, I, in, in a way, it's going to be similar, right? Like if you really think about Kellen Moore coming to L.A. Um, and what he did with with Dalton Schultz, I feel like having a pass catching tight end like Dalton Kincaid in L.A. could be a really good fit. The issue is, is you do have a an established tight end there already and tight ends do take time to develop. Uh, they don't just pop in and, and all of a sudden start day one. It can happen if you if you're a well-rounded tight end, you can catch onto the system, but it's something that doesn't always happen, and that's like the concern with Kincaid. But I do; uh, he's tight end two for us, and he, I'm a big fan of his pass catching ability. Just being tied to Justin Herbert, that offense, if they do use him like Dalton Schultz, uh, Dalton Kincaid could be an absolute smash. But Michael Mayer and, and Dallas could be too. So it's 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 kind of give or take. Pick your poison. And uh, I, I really love both of those landing spots, to be honest with you. For sure. I, I think those two are pretty much hand in hand. I would still have Mayer over Kincaid, but I, I could see you going either way because of just the athleticism that Kincaid holds or the talent that you think Mayer could be on the field for all three downs as soon as he gets into the league. So I think you could go either way. They're perfectly fine with both of those two picks. Do want to reemphasize in a 1.75 tight end premium format? If you are not in that 1.5, these guys got to slide back to about what two five two six probably for you. Yeah, I think if you're if you're in a 1.5 tight end premium, it's not as you know vital. And then we have so much depth at the tight end position. Yeah, I'm not taking a tight end before mid second in a, in a lesser tight end premium. Or if you have no tight end premium, definitely not doing that. So league context does matter league format does matter so know those types of things when you're looking at your individual leagues and making drafts and again this is pre the nfl draft but know your league know what your league mates are, are doing and, and should be thinking about um, and be a step ahead of them so yeah I, I think with 175 this is about right the 112 one if they get great landing spots and those two did and that is why we see a big gap between the next one so we'll we'll, we'll touch on them a little bit later here as well yep for sure let's get into the next little bit of players we've got the pick of brandon bg-c or b dash uh, i don't know which whichever way it is <laughs> yeah whatever way it is brandon <laughs> brandon 
Kendra Miller, then Scott Connor taking Head and Hooker, Fantasy Jeans taking Roshan Johnson, McNutt taking Devon A. Chain, and Barry taking Jalen Hyatt at the 2 6. So we have three running backs going off the board at the early second. And the big things to note here is Hendon Hooker went pick 37 to 10, or sorry, to the Seattle Seahawks. Then we have Kendra Miller went a little bit later, but uh, he did go pick 89, third round to the New York Giants. We then also have Devon A. Chain and Roshan Johnson, the other two running backs off the board. Roshan went pick 82 to the Tampa Bay Bucks, and Devon A. Chain went early third to the Denver Broncos at pick 67. So you pair Devon A. Chain up with uh, with Sean Payton. That should be an interesting one as well. I, I don't mind any of these. Uh, you know, Kendra, I, I, we love Kendra. The, the tough thing is the fact that Saquon's there, right? Like that's that's my only debate with, with Kendra is the fact that Saquon is still there. Um, just don't know if that's this year, this year and next year long term like <laughs> scary you're hoping that it's like a one term tag deal and then he takes over but hard to invest a 202 but but it's also hard to invest a lot of this capital into all of these guys cuz none of them i don't think have any significant like guaranteed role in their offense right mm-hmm. and so if you want to just take the shot at the best guy that you think is the best actual player while he's behind Saquon, I don't think it's necessarily the wrong thing to do. Yeah, I, I can justify it. Uh, again, the bias would bleed through from me because I do love Kendra and what he can do. And I think I'm, I'm playing the situation where, where Saquon does leave um, or the fact that maybe they're going to split the touches up, right? Like, Hopefully, Kendra can get six to eight to ten touches uh, a game, and that might work out for him. But uh, nothing wrong with it at at that point as well. So, do not mind it. Shoot your shot. Take your guy, Hendon Hooker. We've seen potentially going round one in the NFL draft, and we've seen him vary and, and kind of fly up the boards for for rookie mocks as well where we've seen him uh, as high as the back of the first here. Scott gets him at the 203. I know you liked Hendon Hooker in season. Now that we've kind of learned a little bit more about him and kind of uh, the system he was in, how are you feeling about Hendon Hooker if he gets second-round draft capital going to the Seahawks in the early second? I'm definitely lower than when I was in middle of the college season taking him at possibly 103. <laughs> um, that That's not happening anymore. We're, we're away from those days. Obviously, the ACL plays a factor into that. However, I still very much do like Kenan Hooker. I don't believe the age plays any factor into what you should do of his quarterback analysis. I believe that the Hypo offense, while it does have a different way of reading defenses because it's all at the line, what is his availability to read the defenses post-snap? That is really what is going to determine if he's going to be a viable NFL quarterback because he can go up to the line and say, okay, well, I see this, I see this. And then the defense checks out into something else. Like you're not going to see that level of intricacy at college most of the time because they just don't have the time to implement that. But at the NFL level, that's very consistently done. And so will Hennon Hooker be able to overpass that? I think he will. 
However, I'm not going to bet on the guy that's 26 off of a torn ACL that is in a specific system. I'm just not willing to put all of my chips in for him to be like up over Will Levis or anything. Like, I think that level of confidence in that type of character is a legitimate amount of crazy. So <laughs> I think, I think that this is a very good spot for Hen and Hooker to be taken. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I would say is like, what if Geno Smith does ball out again? Like if he does exactly what he yeah. did last year, there's no reason for Hendon Hooker to ever be able to start again. Like he is basically just one of those like Matt Corral or Sam Howell. If uh, the starter for Washington would have been able to take over, right? Like there, there's no real path for him to take over. If Geno Smith does exactly what he did last year. And that's my concern with Hendon Hooker. Yeah, I, I, couldn't agree more. Uh, well put out there, and, and that's pretty much where I'm at with with Hooker. Happy to take him in in the early to mid second if he's there, and I need a quarterback um, if he gets requisite draft capital. Right, like that's the big thing. I will not be taking any Hinden Hooker. I do not care what draft capital he gets if he goes, you know, in, in the first round of the NFL draft or of rookie drafts. I'm just I'm just not taking him in the first. That's just not going to happen for me. I don't have that same belief in him. I know that's probably not necessarily the right process. If he if he does go pick 11, it's probably like, ah, I probably should. But uh, I have my concerns as well. And um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how that one plays out. But at this point in time, I'm, I'm kind of play, operating under the assumption that he's going to be this in the second round range of rookie drafts. And I'm perfectly fine with it. So uh, as we jump into the second half here, as you mentioned, Jalen Hyatt uh, going 2-6. I just want to kind of get some landing spots out there. He went in the second round pick 40 to the new Orleans saints. Then we have Josh downs pick 46 to the Patriots said Tillman pick 59 to the Buffalo bills in the second. And then Tyler Scott will wrap out our second round wide receivers going pick 63 to the Kansas city chiefs. We'll have our third round running backs and I'll dive into a couple fourth rounders or ones of note. Uh, we have again, a chain went off the board. Tajay Spears pick 73 to the Texans tank Bigsby to the Rams uh roshan off the board already to the bucks kendra to the giants israel abanacanda pick 94 to the eagles and then in the fourth round we have a couple note of Dwayne mcbride going to the new orleans saints uh, eric gray to the chargers zach evans to the panthers those are our third and fourth round running backs it's uh it's we're scary getting, we're getting into grosser range right <laughs> And that's that's the problem, right? Like as we really sit there and look at at the draft, you know, you mentioned Hyatt uh, went to Dynasty Barry there at the two six, and people might be like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe like Hyatt's been going back of the first round," but he lands in in New Orleans, and and that might be a good spot. It might be. Um, don't love it, don't hate it, but I also don't know if I fully believe in the prospect that is Jalen Hyatt. So we'll see. Um, good with him. Mid second, I think that's pretty much a good, uh, good start. And then I took a ban. Excuse me, a Bannicanda. You're taking a Bannicanda there from the Philadelphia Eagles at 94th overall, and I, I that's where I think the tear break ends. I, I think that the tear break from the Kendra Miller, Roshan Johnson, Devon A. Chain, Jalen Hyatt, Izzy Bannicanda at the two seven where you took him after you took Jameer Gibbs at the 107. I think that is really the tear break. Um, we see start of a tight end run happen after this. And, you know, is, is he is a, is he is a special prospect 
there's a, there's a difference between a lot of the running back prospects that we see in him and just the, just the amount of size and speed complex that we see between him. Talk about talk about your love for Izzy for a little bit. Yeah, man, I think he has that unique speed that not a lot of prospects have at his size. I'm freaking dying over here, uh, <laughs> choking on water of all things. So uh, sorry there. Uh, but yeah, no, Abanakanda, 215, 216 pounds, and he, he ran a 4-440. You don't see that out of a lot of prospects in this class. Goes into a system where he's going to be in Philadelphia. Would love to see this landing spot. Really, you, you got to overcome Kenneth Gainwell and Rashad Penny. So he's going to get a crack on the field at some point. So I really do like that landing spot for for him in particular, um, or any running back that would end up going to Philadelphia. It would definitely be someone to consider. But hey, that is a a, a wheels up offense where you're going to have a good O-line, you have a great passing offense already built around you. You just got to execute. And we saw what Miles Sanders could do last year, uh, being a top 10 running back uh, in the NFL. I'm not saying Izzy Abanacanda can do that. However, he's in that role and he has an opportunity, something to get excited about, especially when you're talking about a mid to late second round pick. Yeah, I absolutely love that, especially when the only thing you have to do is stay healthier than Rashad Penny. Like that's a very minimal bar to hit. And so (laughs) I think he'll be all right in that. Um, I don't think we saw too many injury concerns during his time at Pitt and absolutely love his film at Pitt, man. Like he, he is a absolute burner. The only issues are he runs a little bit upright. He does get taken down a little bit easily, but if he has created a hole in front of him, which that Philadelphia offensive line can do, like I think this is honestly a pretty perfect fit for him where he does need a pretty good offensive line. Love is really Banacanda, so cannot fault the pick at all here. Absolutely love it for you. And then we're going to move into one of my guys and the, the tight end, Dwayne Washington, or Darnell Washington, not Dwayne. I don't know where that one came from. Look at so, that Dwayne McBride over there. Dwayne mcbride but darnell washington is going to be the next pick and so i'm going to run through the couple of next ones it's going to be darnell washington he's going to be going to the detroit lions at pick 48 and then it's going to be josh downs josh downs is going to the new england patriots at pick 46 overall luke musgrave is going to the green bay packers at pick 45 overall ty j spears is going to the houston texans at 73 overall in the third round and tank bigsby is going to the Los Angeles Rams as a third round running back to round out our second round of fantasy rookie picks. Yeah. So that that's the two, eight through the two twelve. you know, I, I, again, you get into a range here where we, we think that this class is so deep and, and there are some good players. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to take shots on downs. I really like Josh downs. Hate the fact that he's in new, new, new England, um, new England Patriots offense. Yeah. It's not a very good one. Um, uh, it, it's why I was actually praying that he almost got to me at the two eight, because I think that Josh Downs is a very good player. And in our back and forth mock, I think this was the one where it was our highest discrepancy between all of these picks was, I think we took him actually at like our two four and he's here at our two nine. Um, it, it's, it's what you think about what the new England Patriots offense can be next year. Right. Yeah, that's absolutely it. What, what can Bill O'Brien do with that offense? Um, how does Josh Downs fit into it or a new wide receiver coming in? So really interested in that. Luke Musgrave, uh, 
super athletic tight end going to the Green Bay Packers. You know, you, you like the landing spot in a way. Uh, we now know that Aaron Rodgers has been traded to the Jets. So we, we know that uh, it's going to be Jordan Love. So that might be a, a, a concern or maybe that's a plus when you have a, uh, a young quarterback throwing to a uh, an athletic tight end who theoretically gets open. But he had trouble staying on the field, staying healthy. Don't really know how. Uh, how well he's going to translate to the NFL, if he's going to be able to get on the field right away uh, or what that looks like. So interesting prospect, but hey, in, in the late second, do not blame you for taking him. And then we wrap up again with Tajay Spears and Tank Bigsby. The thing is, you're, we're going to be taking these darts on running backs, right? And when you have Tajay Spears going to to Houston, where they already have Damian Pierce, they, they've signed and brought in um, – uh, Devin Singletary. So you got three backs there. And not that Tajay couldn't beat out Singletary, but it's still a running back who was a starter last year for the Bills um, to compete with. So touches might be sparse to start things off. And then uh, you really have Tank splitting time, I guess, with Cam Akers. Like, Possibly. It depends on which one they like more in that offense. You know, like yeah. it, 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 it's hard to predict, right? Like there, there's no clear winner, I don't think, coming out of the draft. So it is very hard to put, put, to put projections on that. And so I'm just going to go with the guy, even though it seems like they don't really like him. They kept him around last year, gave him the ball. I'm going to go with the guy in Acres that they're probably going to give him a little bit more of the work until Tank Baseby proves that he can take it over if he can take it over. And so let's get into our uh, our third and fourth rounds here. That is the first and second rounds, if you all have been following us on the draft board. And then we're going to go into Chaboy J. Rich taking Zach Evans at 301. Sean Tucker, and this was before Sean Tucker news came out. Unfortunately, it does sound like he has a little bit of a heart condition that might have been keeping him out of the pro days and the combine and everything like that. So this was before all that news came out. He's taken it at the 302 by Brandon here. I don't know if that's going to influence this pick at all, but I would assume Sean Tucker probably drops back. Just a really unfortunate situation because I do really like Sean Tucker, the profile. But then we're yeah. going to go into the 303 with Marvin Mims, Cedric Tillman, Tyler Scott, Sam Laporta, Tucker Craft, and Zach Kuntz all of the picks after that. So that's the, the first seven picks in, uh, in the third round here. Again, you mentioned, you know, Zach Evans went to, uh, to the Carolina Panthers in the fourth round. Uh, you and I aren't exactly excited about Zach Evans in general, but Hey, he's going to an offense where it's just Miles Sanders really that he has to compete with. So uh, he's behind Chuba Hubbard, in my opinion, uh, that too, I guess Chuba Hubbard is really his true competition. Blackshear. They- I mean, they might actually have a competition <laughs> to get a roster spot there. To be honest, you just want to kill Zach Evans off before, before he even has a chance. And yes, you I know, he, you never know, you know, at Chuba Hubbard's a, a runway, runway runner as well. <laughs> You, you never know. So, but yeah, again, we're taking darts here in the third round on running backs, hoping for an opportunity, hoping for them to either step on the field and get an op- get that chance to shine or to flip them for a profit. That's really what we're looking at for. Sean Tucker did go to the Kansas City Chiefs, um, and that was the, the big thing with, with him. It's like, hey, that's primo spot, multiple running backs. I get it. 
But uh, with that news, there's a good chance he will not get uh, drafted at all. So we'll we'll see how that pans out. I mean, for, that, that that is the sixth round, though, right? Like, I, I think yeah, that John Tucker could actually with the news giving coming out. I think that that actually could be a significant like that could be a legitimate landing spot. So I think we have to temper expectations if that does happen. Like, just don't be swayed by the Kansas City landing spot is all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, speaking of Kansas City landing spot, you have the, the the next few picks you mentioned. Tyler Scott going to Kansas City in the second. Said Tillman going to Buffalo in the second. And then we have mm. Marvin Mims. So this is in reverse order, of course. Marvin Mims going uh, in front of both of these guys. Um, you know, and, and he ended up going, where was he? He was a third rounder He's to the cold. Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, so for me, I really like Cedric Tillman. I feel like if he goes to Buffalo in the second round, I... <sighs> I would have a really hard time not taking him potentially in the second round, but being available here at the three, four, that is a cannot pass up spot. Tyler Scott going to, to Kansas city cannot pass that up either. Uh, You just got to take the chance, right? Like that offense, their skill sets, you just got to take a shot on it. I mean, you, you want to know one of the biggest differences between our mock and their mock. Uh Oh, I know I took said Tillman pretty high. Oh, God. Yeah, we did take Sed Tillman pretty high. Sed Tillman went off of the 2-5 before Darnell Washington and Luke Musgrave compared I mean, to the what – are, what are we at right now? I can't find it. 3-4. 3-4. So full round, a full round basically. Full round of difference based on the uh, Buffalo landing spot for Sed Tillman. I mean, but when you really look at it, like what's the difference between – like Jalen Hyatt in New Orleans, Abana Kanda in Philly, Sed Tillman in Buffalo, like second round picks, third round picks. Like what's the difference between the mid second and the mid third? Really? I, I look at it more as the, the wide receiver range, right? Like what's the difference between Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman at this point with, with, yeah. with what their landing spots are? I could interchange any of them. And you're going to tell me that I can get a full round discount on Jalen Hyatt compared to Cedric Tillman? Yeah, I think that I'd definitely do that if I could. And I mean, you're you're talking about getting two thirds for that second that you're trading back from right there. Um, I I just don't think that I have that much of a difference between the two. So as as much as I as much as I do like Jalen Jalen Hyatt, and I do think that's the right pick to be taken there. At, at the at the two six, why would I not? Why would I? Why would I not trade back to just take two thirds yeah. if I think they're pretty much equal? Yeah, I mean, even getting trying to get a late second and a third, like you you have options or two early thirds, you definitely have options to trade within this range based on these landing spots. But uh, we'll see what the actual draft capital comes up uh, tomorrow. And that will tell us a lot where these spots are. And, and you know, sure. I know there's going to be tons of drafts going on. I know America's game might be doing one. I know we're, we're potentially going to go and do one over the weekend. So, uh, yeah, I mean, check us check us out on, on the Fantasy Draft Room. We may even go live Saturday night if we, if we can. So uh, <laughs> we might do a, a live draft just to see. Because it is important to know where you can rotate. I, I, and we have drafts kicking off on Sunday. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I got drafts kicking off all four days. And... <laughs> you got to be prepared. So 
knowing these ranges, knowing the fact that these landing spots could uh, could heavily influence things, and then the same thing with the uh, the draft capital is going to heavily influence things. But we'll we'll see how that pans out. We, we've talked about it over and over again. For us, there's really not that big difference between between that mid second, mid third, uh, based on what we're seeing here. So wrapping things out in the third. You have Sam Strange, you want to talk about the uh, tight end range here. That's a little bit of tight end run. Yeah, so we do have the tight end run. We have Sam Laporta, Tucker Craft, and Zach Coons, and this is the the big thing with with this tight end group is you have Michael Mayer, Kincaid, Washington Musgrave, Laporta's athletic, Craft's athletic, and 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 has done a lot at the college level. Uh, Zach Coons, perfect ten Raz score. Played at Old Dominion, so we'll see how that translates. And and now quickly he can he can get out there. But the big thing with tight end, and and, and that's why the premium does matter. You can find a guy you like here in the third, and and a guy you really like. To be honest with you, like these guys are p- potentially going to be second round, third round picks in the NFL draft in this mock. Like Laporta went in the third to the Raiders. Tucker Craft went pick 56 to the Jags like great spots for both of them and then you have Zach Koontz who he went in the fourth round but he went to the Cincinnati Bengals so you're going to have some of these tight end needy teams that are going to be spending capital on tight end so that's a big thing they have athletic profiles where they can succeed and while draft capital is important for tight end it's the one position that isn't like totally reliant on draft capital. So you can be a fifth round pick a la George Kittle. You can be, you know, a, a, I think even Travis Kelsey was a third round pick. Like you have these guys that can succeed getting drafted later. The biggest thing for me is, are they athletic? As Scott talked about over and over, if you listen to America's game, I we keep referring to it. Check out the America's game where Scott and and Eric go over the tight ends two hours totally worth it but are they athletic what landing spot do they go to and is that that landing spot a, a a team that likes to utilize the tight end how does that offense utilize the tight end and that's the most important thing for me so I'm happy to take one of these guys here in the third round of my rookie draft yeah you, you keep showing me that Zach Kuntz and the in the last of this little bit of a grouping that has the 10 RAS score that goes to the Bengals. And I'm just like, Oh yeah, that, 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 that really, really might be the one. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I, I, re- I really like all these tight ends, man. Um, where, wherever you can get them, I at least want one in the formats that it matters. Right. Um, any of these 1.75 plus, um, 2.0 plus premium t- tight end point per, per reception or the uh start two tight ends that that is where i really want these guys and other than that though like 1.5 really doesn't move the needle for me it no i mean it, it, it equivalates to like the difference between a wide receiver four and a wide receiver three for most of the tight ends in this class, like the, the wide receiver 12 moves up to maybe like the wide receiver eight, whenever you put that little bit on it. So it, it really doesn't matter. However, it does matter whenever you put a little bit more emphasis on it. So past that, let's get on to a little bit more. We're going to do with Rashi Rice, Dwayne McBride, Jonathan Mingo, 
Kayshawn Butte. And then I'm just going to run through all the all the running backs as well that we're going to see here in this little bit of a run as well. Please Eric do. Gray, Evan Hole, Chase Brown, Kenny McIntosh, and then finally wrapping up with a non-running back, Brenton Strange. And, and this is going to be, you know, shoot your shot on your guy season. And that's just kind of where it's at. Um you know, uh, when as you wrapped up that that fourth round there, Dwayne McBride went to New Orleans, and and really, what is he battling with? Jamal Williams. We'll see if you know he can get on the field. <laughs> you got Jonathan Mingo, who who went to the Tennessee Titans. Again, opportunity is there. Uh, hype around Jonathan Mingo has been, uh, you know, going up, and so now you have Mingo and. And you have a rookie quarterback and Will Levis, so you never know. I, I, again, it's the th- late third round into the fourth round is going to shift so much um, once we actually have draft capital assigned to all these guys. So uh, taking a, a shot on like Keishawn Boutte, he may have went in the fifth round of the Commanders, but the name is still the name. People, all it's going to take for Keishawn Boutte to return and you know value for you is a preseason catch, uh, some sort of excitement about him cracking the depth chart. Anything of the sorts will get people going because Keishon Boutte at one point was wide receiver one this class. And all it takes is that one moment for people to just be like, oh, Keishon's back. This is the Keishon we've been waiting for. And you can sell him. If you draft Keishon Boutte, do not hold him for the hope. That is not what we want to see. No, that's that's not what we're going to see at all. You, you're you're drafting it literally for the the name upside, right? And so if you if you do draft Kayshawn, and I I will if he, if he falls to the fourth, I will legitimately draft Kayshawn, even though I despise him as a prospect. <laughs> I don't think he will ever be good. However, if he does anything during the preseason process, all of those. Deffy Darling guys will buy right back in and they'll be like, oh, yeah, he just missed his last year. This is the time to buy him and I will sell during that. And so if I can sell that fourth round pick into a third round pick next year, that's all I need to make it worth my while. So I, w- I will probably draft some cash on in some of my leagues, but it won't be to have him on my roster if <laughs> if all things go right. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the last round of that, rounded out at JB took Rasheed Rice. I took Dwayne McBride. ATM took Jonathan Mingo. Ray GQ with Keishon Boutte with probably the hopes to flip him later. And then we're going to get into the fourth round here. Do you want to be, give me the fourth round all the way to probably the four seven of running backs here? I'm just going to honestly read through it all. I, you know, this is really where uh, Go we talk it. about hammering out running back and tight end. We have Eric Gray, Evan Hole, Chase Brown fell to the fourth round, which is oh, that a little bit late. That seems like a, a good value, but uh, Kenny McIntosh, Britton Strange, Chris Rodriguez, I took generic Prince. We got a uh, Eric Vanek special with Aiden O'Connell going to, uh, to Jeff of Thrive PT. And then we have Jaden Reed, Deuce Vaughn, Tanner McKee, and Tank Dell. Again, these things are going to change. I, I love taking shots on on running back and tight end um, in the fourth round. That's just where I see the the, the return typically, um, and and that's kind of where it's at here. You you got fourth round, fifth round, sixth round running backs. I took a seventh round running back, which you know, hey, he went to the Dolphins, and and that's a fragile running back room. So you just kind of pick your poison at that point, and uh, we'll, we'll get into post draft. 
specific names and things like that to actually be taking when that time rolls around. But really right now, the fourth round just doesn't matter. You're just taking shots on guys that you hope get, you know, get a crack at it. Straight up shots. I mean, man, like uh, all that you're looking to do with your fourth round picks is turn them into third round picks next year, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Can you get a profit? Can can I turn that fourth round draft type of Justin Ross into a third round pick next year? (laughs) Like that is all that I'm looking to do with any of my fourth round draft picks that I took last year. Um, Unfortunately, it didn't happen with uh, what was the, oh my God, what was the 49ers wide receiver gray? I think. Yeah, Gray. Gray did not do anything. Um, no. I don't I don't even remember his first name, and that that defines <laughs> how bad he was after we really thought that he was probably going to be something. Uh over Juwan Jennings, possibly. And that did not happen at all. So um Gray, whoever you are, I'm sorry. It didn't work out. And um, Danny Gray, that's right. It was Danny Gray. Gray. Danny, I was like, come on. I was like, this Danny. name sounds familiar, but I was not prepared for this question at all. So, yes, Danny Gray, you're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Basically, all these fourth round picks, if especially if you're taking wide receiver, Danny Grays yeah. are basically what you're taking. Although my my boy, A.T. Perry, did not get taken uh, in this draft. I guess that's is that a good thing for you? Is that a good thing? I mean, it's a good UDFA wide receiver. I mean, it's a good thing that I can pick him off waivers. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, you're going to tell me that he's going to the Las Vegas Raiders in the fifth round. I probably won't even pick him up. Oh, yeah. He's the he's the uh, you know, everyone knows he's going to be the Devontae Adams replacement next year. No problem. He's just going to step right in. Right. Yeah, that's. (laughs) That, that's not him he's not the okay as much as i like him he no that that that's not happening <laughs> all right all right i figured i'd try to sell that out there so that when you draft him in a league you can you can you know go sell i mean him. i love him but like <laughs> darnell mooney ceiling yeah you know there's a chance there's hey, i'll a chance. take it man but yeah, that's the, the reason why we do these exercises is it is important to be prepared as possible. So, you know, again, we have the NFL draft coming up. We will know results. So, you know, tune in to all of the the, the feeds here on Destination Debbie Radio. You will be locked and loaded. Um, and that is the the most important thing is making sure you're tuned in here throughout the weekend. Uh, Destination Debbie, the actual YouTube will have the live stream going on. So you'll want to check that out. Um, and if I did not mention this earlier... Uh, do not forget that Destination Debbie has partnered with Underdog Fantasy for the upcoming season. And if you do deposit up to $100, you will get a deposit match if you use code TFDR at signup. And and if you deposit $10 or more, you will get a one-year access to the Destination Debbie Discord where you can check out all the strategy things that are going on. We have BB. M4, so Best Ball Mania 4 coming up soon after the draft. So uh, be ready for that thing to get kicked off. If you want to max enter, if you want all the strategy tips, I I was talking to Dynasty Barry about this today, and man, it feels like with all of the knowledge and information we have, with all of the people in that Discord, someone is bringing home some big money hey, in this Discord. Like I, we're gonna fat. win. Oh, we're yeah. gonna win. Somebody in our Discord is winning the million dollars. I already told I've I've said it before. Like I feel like I drafted the the big board single QB 
uh, winner. I was like, I feel like this is the squad. This is the squad. But we'll see what happens, man. I mean, I know you got one, too, that you really like. You you say you're doing it. I say I did it because I had Patrick Mahomes and a Travis (laughs) Kelsey stack. That team is winning. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. But again, code TFDR at sign up for up to that uh, $100 deposit match and then $10 or more for that one year access to the Destination Debbie Discord. Yeah, man. Patreon.com forward slash all gas to be part of the best fantasy football community. There is no doubt about it. Make sure you sign up and, and chat with us there. Chat with Ray, Scott, all of the Destination Debbie content creators. Anything else you want to touch on here uh, before we get out of here? Anything else you want to chat about? We do it at the live chat on patreon.com forward slash all gas. It is the Heisman chat. We are in there pretty much. I mean, honestly, <laughs> almost 24 seven way too much. And if you all want to talk to us, we are in there. So go sign up for there. And then if you all do want to be a part of the draft stream that we are doing for the next two, three days, possibly, I don't know exactly where it's going to be, but it's going to be a part of the Destination Debbie crew. Somebody is going to be streaming everything. Every single second that the draft is live, you will have live content given to you. So find it out. Check it out. We will be a part of it. And man, I'm so happy that the draft is here, man. Yeah, you know what? It's it's fun. It's the best time of year. We get so excited for this. We get all worked up. We've been waiting since the combine, really. We've had free agency. All, all that like has come and gone. And and like I, I just try not to be the Debbie Downer of the fact that like once this is over, we have the longest wait there is. Just don't even get don't football. Even, no, just don't even talk to me about it, man. Just <laughs> but that's why you fill it with underdog drafts. We got rookie drafts. Yes. We're gonna have tons of content coming out here. Uh, so make sure you check out everything you need for for your off-season needs, for your fantasy football needs. We got you. Make sure you check us all out here on the Destination W Radio. Uh, Yeah, man, let's get out of here. So uh, thanks so much for joining us here on the Overreaction Podcast.